Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? Oh, it's going pretty swell. For most of us, I'm in the Scott Fishbowl playoffs. Good for me. You? Not this year. Last year, you? not this you? year. Yeah. I, I, two years in a row, but not this year. Oh, okay, okay. Right. It's I, 2020. I, I, Weird things happen. Yep, Weird honestly. things happen. Uh, for most of us, this is a, a big week, right? It's, it's week 13 of the NFL season, which means for about 95% of the leagues out there, this is the last week of the regular season. Get that push. Gotta get, so some of us have clinched. Gotta get that push. Gotta get that push. All right, salt and pepper. Uh, and <laughs> push it. Ooh. Make sure you do it real good. And so some have clinched, some are some are out. And if not, a lot of you are gonna be on the fence. A lot of you know, when you get to Dynasty, there's a lot of middle of the roads team. And when you have six teams make the playoffs half the league, you know, that that, that last week's a big week here. Uh, right now it seems like almost everybody's coming back that's been off like the COVID list. We're getting people coming right. back from injury. So there's good news there. We coming off a big week. We have a lot to talk about today. But before we do, a word from our sponsor. Ooh. That is our friends at MyBookie. I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? No, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are, we know what they are capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of games, lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today, find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie, and when you do, use the promo code NERDS to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to $1,000. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you're already playing playing to bet this season, do it with this free betting money at MyBookie. It's a winning season at MyBookie. Come join in the fun and win some cash while you're at it. I'm doing pretty well over there on that platform. Uh, I'm in a league that kind of bets on this stuff. I'm in 10th place. I'm doing okay. So make sure you use that promo code NERDS. Get yourself some of that uh, free cash, right? Or lose. You know, you could be a loser. You can give them money, Kinda I like guess. Garrett and Scott Fishbowl. Uh, Oof. So let's get back to it's bit. true though. Only person worse than you is me. So it's hey, 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 be yeah. like Matt, <laughs> or you could be like me, be a winner. All right. How's the Nerds Invitational going? Uh, dead last. <laughs> haven't won a single game. Now, in my defense, in, my, in, in my defense, in Dynasty, what do you always say, Rich? When you're even when you're losing, you're, you're winning. winning. There you go. Winner, in my winner, defense chicken dinner. of the Dynasty Nerds Invitational, <laughs> which has all the big names in it, you know, Ryan McDowell, Kyle Yates, Garrett Price. You know, there's right. Jared, Jared Wackerly. Evan uh, Silva. Evan Silva. Uh, uh, our Connor guy Danny, Rogers. D- yeah, Connor Rogers from Stick to Football. Danny Kelly from Danny, the Ringer. All big names, right? Benjamin Solik. Ball Blast Girls. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, probably left out one person and they're really upset right like, now. Dude, what? You left me out. We said Kyle. I don't remember. 
Yeah, we said Kyle. We said some. We missed. Well, anyways, to be fair, I'm I'm own eleven, right? Is that what I am? Or own twelve? Own twelve now. Okay, fantastic, right? You lost again. <laughs> and uh, to be fair, when this draft was going on, I was heavily, heavily, heavily intoxicated. Was that the one when Guys Day? Yep. Okay, I was yeah. there. I remember. Yeah, I was he literally. Pool. He literally messaged me at the one point. He's like. Just pick me a player. I I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> so I feel terrible. I'm in this I'm in this league with all these like well known analysts, and I'm 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 the founder of Dynasty Nerds. You're asking me, and I've like, I've already abandoned you too. Like I'm like nope. You're on. You're to, on your you're own. On sucker. To, you're on to texting Garrett. Like is it? Yeah. I told Garrett to just pick my guys. Yeah. Like I, I'm like I the sale is intoxicated is an understatement. I started drinking at eleven. Uh, the draft started at what time? Oh, yeah, sometime in the afternoon. Yeah. Late, I don't know. Early evening. Yeah. But there was a lot involved in my I intoxication. Your, I have your draft pulled up here. Oh, gosh. <sighs> what was my first pick, Baker? Michael Thomas. Oh, that's uh, not, so. well, it's not terrible, hey, but hey, obviously hey. that didn't work out this season. It didn't work out. Baker. Then yeah. Baker. Well, and you know, then Eckler. Nobody can stop my love. Eckler. That's Eckler. another rough one for great, this year. Great pick. Yeah. Bad, oh. bad 2020. But right, hey, right. hey, good foundation. Odell. Garrett picked Odell for me. I did. I paired him up with Baker since you took hey, him in the second round. After the third pick is when I kept, that's when like everything started to kick in. And I was just like, hey, welcome to a new reality. Yeah, I think that was it. I only, I think I only picked Odell for you. Daniel Jones. Jaylen yeah, I definitely Ray. didn't take Daniel Jones. That was definitely you. <laughs> Jalen Rager, Drew Locke, and Zach Ertz, and Mike Williams. <laughs> he must ask me on that Mike Williams. <laughs> he must ask you. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm 0-12 for a reason. That's okay? right. You just stated it. It's okay. I'm gonna get Trevor Lawrence. There you go. And everything's gonna be okay. I have no. For the problem. record, I am in first place. Hmm. Off the record, I blame <laughs> Garrett for my 0, 0 and twelve start. It's the only my time plan worked. I've perfectly. ever gone zero and twelve ever. Like, ever. It would also help if you remembered what platform the league was on. That would also help. It also doesn't help. I don't. Yeah, it's you it's haven't a used. Pl- you don't have any other leagues in said platform. I have no other leagues in said platform. platform. Yeah, don't and, say it in case they want to be a sponsor. And Garrett has to text me sometimes, going, "Dude, you're lying on it," <laughs> and I forget. But to be fair, Last Nerd Standing is on the same platform, and I have a couple of leagues on there, and I forget to set my lineup on there sometimes. There you go. At least you're consistent. And that costs me uh, stuff as well. So, but this hey, the show's not about me. No, no, it's not about you. No. It's definitely not about Garrett. Heck no. It's about week 12 as we get ready for the playoffs. So let's let's first get through a couple like uh, news and notes. Kind of news and here. notes, mostly injuries and uh, big, something else. Big thing here is uh, Will Fuller thought it was co- uh, Halloween, and he was thought he'd get it from the Pez dispenser. It turns out he's getting it from the Ped dispenser, and uh, oh. he got suspended with PEDs. PEDs. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. get where you were going there for a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the you, you planned that one all day, didn't you? <laughs> All he, day was dri- he was driving home. He was like, I'm not driving oh, home. yeah, I'm going to use that one. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. But anyway, that's a bummer, though. I mean, Willful, he was actually having a halfway decent year. Yeah, he you want to know why? Because he's on the ped. Gets <laughs> the ped's dispenser. Tilted back the Ninja Turtles head. Now comes another ped. I'm like, oh, still healthy. Week, Look at me. Wide receiver one. Wide receiver one. Yeah, yeah. He, he was He was wide receiver eight going through uh, week 12. And Will Fuller would be the Donatello of Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Donatello? Yeah, with his little stick. Yeah. Nobody likes you. Yeah. Like, what do I you don't guys... remember which one's which, to be honest. What? What? Really Raphael's got the size. I mean, I remember that it's four painter names, but Le- you know. Leonardo. Yeah. You don't remember the Ninja Turtles? I remember the Ninja Turtles. I just couldn't tell you which one's the orange. Michelangelo, one, one's... orange, nunchucks. I am 41 years old and watched this when I was a child. <laughs> I, I could tell you. Like, the... All right, Gary. Donatello was purple. Okay. And he had a bow staff. Yeah, and nobody liked him, nerd. That's probably my favorite one. It probably would be your favorite he one. He does seem like he'd be Donatello, doesn't he? If we were like, if we were the four Ninja Turtles, <laughs> he'd for sure be Donatello. The best Easily. one. And you would be? 
Oh, easily Michelangelo, the yeah. cool one everyone's <laughs> hang out with. No doubt. Wait, isn't there a nerdy one? Is that the nerdy one as well? Donatello. He's the nerdy one, the yeah, smart yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Raphael's kind of <laughs> like smart the, one. Yeah, yeah Donatello's like, always like reading a book. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. I'm the smart one. That <laughs> yeah. makes sense. All right. That would be uh, Leonardo uh, Raphael for sure. Like real level headed. Yeah. Never sure. really like does anything too cool. <laughs> so what does that leave Jared with? He's Leonardo. Leonardo. Yeah. He's a leader. Behind the scenes. I like Sonic. I watched a lot of Sonic as a kid. I like that joke. Did you yeah. watch the new Sonic movie? It wasn't that bad. It I was good. My, kid, my kids watch it. Yeah. So, uh, I watched yeah. it out of nostalgia. Yeah, it was actually pretty good. My daughter liked it. I don't know if I watched I think it was on TV, but I was like, well, the kids were watching. I was more up watching my phone. Jim Carrey was yeah. like the bad guy in it. He was pretty good. He was pretty good. Yep. All right. Let's get into Wolf Fuller. So that, all that Ninja Turtle talk helped your uh, Dynasty team no bits, but nope. Will Fuller back. So here's the thing with Will Fuller. He's had a great year. He's helped a lot of teams, crushing them as we get ready for the rest of the year because he's been a wide receiver one. Right. Usually a roller coaster, Peds have got him going straight up on that uh, on that ride. Very level. But so let's look at this besides Will Fuller as well here. Let's look at it as, as, as the outside bubble. Two things. Well, three things, I guess. One, Will Fuller's a free agent after this year. Yep. Highly unlikely to probably resign in Houston because they've got to like, they got a lot to do there. Yeah, they need to fix capital. some stuff. They, they, that's going to be a complete rebuild, right? I mean, they're going to, I mean, they're obviously keeping Deshaun Watson, but beside that, I mean, they're starting at ground zero basically with that whole offense, right? They have no choice. Right. They're going to be like looking for scrap heap, like right. help here. I mean, it's, it's, they got Brandon Cooks there. Brandon Cooks. Right, right now, I mean, obviously Will Fuller is out of that offense. They also, um, the day after Thanksgiving, they, they sent, uh, Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills to he waivers. Gone. So he's gone. It's Kiki Kute as the number two and Isaiah Coulter as the as the number three right yeah, now. Yeah, and there's one other guy. I'm blanking on his name. It's like it's something generic. Michael Carter or something. He has literally two receptions in his entire career. So they have five tight ends. They have Holly a, Warren's one. But that's the hard part too. They have so many tight ends that are involved. You never knowing know. which one to start is you so hard. Know. Right. It's a it's a revolving door. So on really, which one gets, really gets the only targets. one you can start or you can trust for the rest of the season, it's Cooks. Yep. And that's it. Yeah. That, that's literally it. That's and it. I think Duke Johnson's still a viable flex play here. He's been that way almost all year. Kiki Kute, are we, are we trusting him at all at this point? I mean, he got Not for playoffs. He got, yeah, you don't trust, you don't no. play. I like him. Yeah. I think he take a step forward. He's been hurt. He was at this point. He was good. And then I feel like he was in the, the doghouse. Like he, he was good as rookie year. Um, and, and look promising anyway. And then he was in the doghouse of, of Bill O'Brien. And now that he's out the door, he's kind of getting a, a second chance here. Is he a, an asset you guys are, are looking to go kind of poke around at the owner and say, hey, you know, Kiki Kute is finally getting a, a second chance here. Do I want to make a – I mean, it wouldn't cost you much, get him right? for free. I right. mean, a fifth-round pick. Yeah. Offer. I mean – If I can get him for that, sure, I'd offer that. I'd offer that, and I'd offer that for Isaiah Coulter, like you said. Absolutely. Just on – you like said, he's the bigger receiver there. He's the one that's over, like, six foot. He's six two. Everybody else is 5'11 or shorter. Right. Yeah, so the move here to make is, like, again, like we said Houston's blowing this up. They're going to want to see what they have with their young guys – they have no draft picks next year. They're going nope. to be kind of starting from scratch. They're they're going to start taking their step forward, nine and twenty one, but in twenty two. Right. So if you can make a move, Will Fuller not coming back, I mean they go Brandon Cooks is their number one, and they see what they have in Kiki Kuti and Isaiah Coulter. Now if either two of these guys step up forward, and you can get them for a fifth round pick, a fourth yep. round pick, uh, either of those guys, to me, there's that's a much better gamble than you could take on a rookie itself because these are two guys that have a a, a very good line to play in time. Yeah. And production. And not only that, they're tied to Deshaun Watson. Exactly. And Deshaun Watson's one of the most premier top five dynasty quarterbacks out there today. And that was my other, when I was saying three things, like, okay, it's not just about Will Fuller. This hurts Deshaun Watson a little bit as well. Uh, 
Will Fuller's wide receiver one. You're taking a wide receiver one from a quarterback who's been playing really well, exceptionally the second half of the season. Without his other wide receiver one that he had the years before. Right. So for me, this this hurts Deshaun Watson a little bit. You know, I think I think Deshaun Watson's one of those guys that he 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 makes everybody else better around him. Yep. I, I thought he wasn't going to be a QB1 this year because he lost Hopkins, and I love everybody around him, and he still managed to be a QB1. He's six right now in the season. And made everybody better yep. around him. So Will, Will Fuller, obviously, he didn't just make wide, Will Fuller wide receiver one. He's a big play receiver, right? Sure. He's always he, had talent. Just couldn't stay healthy. Couldn't stay healthy. So what did he do? PDs. Yep, tilted Don Tello head back and took those pets. That's where <laughs> that's where that came from. I was yeah. trying to figure out how we even got there. Yeah. We got off that rail because of that. I'll pull it right back in that rail. Look at this. <laughs> Look at that. Rail grind in it. So, you know, Will Fuller likely gone. Is, are, are we are we trading for Will Fuller? If you own Will Fuller, are you just holding on to Will Fuller? Are you trading for Will Fuller? Do you think this hurts his value? I, I think this is a, a classic hold for me because there's so many moving parts. We talked about the PEDs. So, is he healthy now because of those? Like, is that what's helping yes. keep him healthy? So, there's that risk there. And then chances are he's not back in Houston next year. So where does he end up? There's been tons linking him to Green Bay for practically forever. Mm-hmm. But that still has not materialized. I mean, they tried to trade for him. They tried well. to trade mm-hmm. for him. They just weren't willing to offer quite enough. Right. So, but Green Bay could easily take one in the draft or they could just keep doing what they're doing and never invest in another wide receiver again. And Aaron Rodgers will still be just fine. So who knows where he's going to end up. It's, it's too volatile of an option right now to really do much of anything with. So I think he's a classic hold. I was going to say, the question really in my mind is, if he leaves Houston, it, is he going to get another job as just a deep threat, or is he going to be a number one wide the receiver guy. on another team? And I think that's what you have to try to figure out when you're looking at his value. And to me, if he goes somewhere else, somebody's going to see him, and they're going to see him as a number two, a complimentary guy, in my opinion. So that's why I, I'm not going to go out there and, and try to trade for this guy. But if he, if he goes to the team we just mentioned, the team that tried to trade for him, the team that has interest in him, the team that clearly needs a number two receiver that's going to be a Super Bowl contender at Green Bay Packers, to be in the number two in an Aaron, Reg- Aaron Rodgers-led offense outside of Devontae Adams with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, sure, we'd probably be still looking at a wide receiver one if he's healthy. I mean, Rodgers would crush with Will Fuller as a deep threat, opposite of Devontae Adams and Will Fuller constantly seeing the number two cornerback on the outside. Would would he crush though? Or would he be this in like kind of up and down type of guy that we've seen all along? Cause I mean, if, if that's the right kind of routes you're going to be running, it's, it's just naturally built into it. Just a little bit of that kind of hit or miss uh, type of scenario. I think with Rogers, it'd be more hit. Like I think, I think his three to four catches would be three to four catches, 80 yards, and he finishes the year with eight touchdowns. Right. You know, like every other game, you're getting a touchdown out of him just because Devontae Adams is going to open so much sure. more for you. It's going to help Devontae Adams as well. So I don't know. I'm, I'm with you guys. Like I'm holding Will Fuller unless I can get a first for him because there's another, there's another point to sell him at this point. I mean, he's out for the year. Maybe you're a playoff contender. Maybe you weren't. So the season's pretty much over. Right. There's no point in training him for a second. If I could get a, like a player that somebody hopes that he signs – but I think the real I think the real hold is anyways is you don't trade now you wait till he signs because right. most likely most of these players when they do sign you see a, a, a spike in value unless it's going somewhere awful real like, terrible you know Baltimore he signs it you know what I mean Oof. but for the most point you see a spike in value and it's always then you want to sell because ninety percent of these wide receivers that go to other teams never produce like they did on their old old teams I mean Robert Woods did um, Deshaun Jackson had some uh, good 
good years outside of in Washington. Well, we, we did have two cases of it this year with Nuke and Stefan Diggs. Well, Nuke's completely different. Nuke's right. Nuke's a, a, a different tier player. Of, a caliber of It player. doesn't matter where he's at, he's going to be successful. Sure. He actually went to a better, well, they, you can't say better, uh, an equal situation equal, yeah. um, where he's the number one and got a contract extension. Who was the other guy you said? Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs. Well, like we know, Gary, he's, he's amazing. He's an upper echelon as well. He it's might like, be the best. Like a middle echelon player <laughs> that went to a better situation. So, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Middle echelon. Hater. 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 Hey, hey, we all have those guys. Haters got those guys. So, Will Fuller's a hold. Deshaun Watson's a hold. Hurts him in the playoffs. Um, helps Brandon Cooks. But Actually, Deshaun Watson might be a buy. If this has dipped his value at all. It not, if, you, if it dips his value, you are doing. You don't even know what you're Just stop playing Dynasty. There's plenty There's of a people, lot of people yeah. that don't know what they're doing. <laughs> well, that's why we do this podcast. <laughs> so, if, I'm, I'm not saying his value will dip, but if it does at all, I'm absolutely buying, especially if I'm not a contender. Like if I'm a rebuild team and I'll be like, okay, I'll give you Rodgers right now for Deshaun Watson. Rodgers probably has a better outlook for the rest of the season. And super flexes, I've had a couple leagues where I have Deshaun Watson. The only tr- league I've ever traded him in, ever, was for Pat Mahomes. That was it. That worked out. And that was for, I had to give up Calvin Ridley and Watson, Ridley's working year before, like, week two sure. for Mahomes. And that, that's it. I would never trade him other, like, I would never yep. trade Watson. So, um, and so the move here for Dynasty is nothing to do with Brandon Cooks. Maybe you're making a playoff push, go for Cooks here. Maybe for like a second, give up a Cooks for like if you say you lost Will Fuller and a Cooks owner is out of the playoffs, throw a twenty-one second at the owner for Cooks. See what happens. I mean, I don't, I don't love Cooks either, but I, I, it's not a bad play because he's gonna be the number one guy. Yeah, and I would sell. Yeah. I would sell Cooks for a second and be yeah. okay with it in twenty-one class if I was out of it, right? So that's a move. And if you're a contender out of it, no matter what, I think the move is if you're a contender, um, I'd maybe try to offer a fourth for Coulter or um, Kiki or Kiki Kuti. It's just for the gamble part of it. Sure. If you're if you're you know top three pick, top four, maybe offer a fifth. See if you get those. Maybe hardball. You still go with the fourth. Not a big deal. I, nope. I have no problems giving up fourths for anybody. You know what I mean? Like for anything that has any anybody that has any value. Coulter, Kiki. Which one you want? I think I like Coulter personally with a long term value. He he's a taller version of a Will Fuller because he's just as fast. So, I mean, he ran like a 4-4-2 or a 4 gas at Rhode Island, right? So, yep, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, I'd go Coulter, too. I think I'd, he has he has more upside. I always go, when it's a coin flip, I'm like, who's bigger and who <laughs> who's when, younger? Whenever Rich is juggling, it's usually it's the guy that wins is the taller guy, right? If you saw me <laughs> juggling, you would not be like, this guy. My coordination's bad enough as it is. <laughs> me trying to juggle is just like I'm looking at the one going up, like, how am I supposed to catch that one? And then like, I wait till it hits my hand, and then I throw the other one up. That's why you just hold both your crystal balls in your hands. Without That's all you got to hold. No That's juggling. No true. juggling Do at either all. one of you remember the uh, the office scene where Will Fuller's the manager for a little bit, and he does, like, the juggling routine? Will Fuller? You, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Will Ferrell. <laughs> no, I don't Not remember Will that. <laughs> Although Will Fuller would have been great on that, that show. would have been amazing. I was, I was trying to picture. I'm like, really? Shows up with a Pez dispenser. He's like, what is going on around here? I feel great. Open up. That's what she said. All right, let's move on. Daniel Jones considered. We have a couple injuries. Daniel Jones considered week to week the hamstring injury doesn't affect anything. Daniel Jones, listen, I'm still the president by default of the Daniel Jones fan, fan you haven't club. Been impeached? Not yet. Okay. But I'll say this much: as the president. I will not back down on my candidate or my uh, my guy that I, I'm the president of this fan club for. Yeah. But after next year, if Daniel doesn't get together and stop throwing these interceptions, and so 
to be fair, this offensive line is significantly better too. Yep. Uh, and I will say this, on, for the second half of the year, their first-round pick, Andrew Thomas, uh, the left tackle they took in the top six pick, has played significantly better than the first half that got sure. Saquon out. I will have to uh, formally resign. That's Oof. the thing. He, he's missing a lot of pieces. You know, he's missing Saquon Barkley. They don't have, like, a bona fide number, number one. one there. Sterling, I mean, not Sterling Shepard's a nice player, but he's not a number he's one. He's a possession guy. Yeah. Get you to the first step. Great slot it. guy. Great wide receiver. Yeah. Two for an NFL team or a wide receiver three for your yeah, Vance and, and what's his name it has got a Darius Slayton. Slayton's got a foot, right? That he's, he's got two feet, Mike. That he's Mike. battling through a foot, a foot injury. Oh, Rich. Okay. Uh, I haven't heard anything about that. I that thought it was a foot true. or an ankle. Hey, guess or what? Like I have that. a foot too. Okay. <laughs> but no, as much as I love Darius Slayton, you know, I I would probably be the president of his fan club. But they absolutely could use another receiver, and he would be amazing as mm-hmm. what Will Fuller was for DeAndre Hopkins. Right. You know, the deep threat, making the big plays, have those monster weeks. But they absolutely could use a, a big physical receiver to be that more prototype X there. And guess what? This draft is full of them. Full of those guys. So, Daniel, Daniel Jones, hurt this year, might be a nice uh, off-season buy in Superflex Leagues and the sure. youth. Because, again, I don't think, it, like his interceptions, like his accuracy had come out of Duke was not a question for me. It wasn't, like it, it wasn't it, a big issue. It was one issue. of his strong right. suits. I just think there's a lot going around in New York. Um, Kyle Shanahan says he hopes Kittle and Jimmy G could return for this season. Sounds like... You know, who cares about Jimmy G? But sounds like Kittle's like really close. He's pushing it. So maybe week 14 for the playoffs, he might saw him Peppa and push it real good too. Right into the playoffs for those number one fantasy points. I, I don't think many people are relying on Jimmy G to do much of anything. But I think I think he he helps his wide receiver and his backs and everything like that and his tight ends more so than a Nick Mullins at this point. Sure. Who I think he, he just looked largely ineffective. Uh, yeah, should be like started. more like Nick Mulligan. Can I pick that up and try again? Right. Uh, but speaking of San Francisco, who's back? Uh-oh. My guy. Now, my biggest... So, I have a lot of regrets about 2020, right? Well, I don't personally, but the world does. Sure. About 2020. And it's been, my biggest regret and I hate myself for this, and I realized it the other day watching the game, is why the Hades did I not make offers for Debo Samuel in every league when he was out for the extended period of time? What was I doing? What silliness? I'm supposed to be a dynasty uh, aficionado, right? I'm supposed to know what I'm doing. We do a podcast for thousands upon thousands of people to give them advice, and I not once came on this podcast and said, guys, gals, Debo's been out for a while. His, his value has plummeted. You know, this was projected strike. Prediction, prediction strike. strike. Prediction strike. Yep. Our go-to. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be. This would have been pennies on the dollar, right? It would have been. It would have been a penny stock right now. Seeing him come or back, not now, but it just not it, anymore. It like slide, like I watched him play this week, like slide me in the face. And you was just like, remember, you're like, <sighs> he is so dynamic with the football. And when he was coming out, like. We we said like this guy. He gushed. He was a, he was yep. he was a he was a first round pick for us. We loved him. We explained why we loved him. He's he's one of the most electric players with the ball in his hands. San Francisco d- designs run plays for him, and they get the ball to him in the flat, in short open areas, and he's just go in dynamic. And the nice part is he can win as a true wide receiver too. He's not a gadgety player where you have to manufacture touches for him. He can still get it done the traditional way. It just so happens that he can also get it done a myriad of other ways. Yeah, he's like a more, uh, a tougher Terry McLaurin. Mm. Uh, I don't love it. You don't love it? No. I think he's a pretty good route runner. Ter- but really Terry's like a technician. Speed. Speedy oh. type of, and, and Debo's more, much more physical. 
Very physical. Much more physical. Okay. Bad cop. Okay. Yep. We'll, I forgot. Try it's, again. Been a, it's been a while. So it's been a while. It's been a while since you watched it. <laughs> what you were saying earlier does go to show, goes to show you out of sight, out of mind. And even even guys that do this like literally all the time, we we miss on player like we forget about players forget about them, yep. just because. So this, these are the type of things that as a dynasty player you got you have to try to stay on top of as much as possible because anyone can forget about them. You know, even us. So go out there and don't forget about these, especially these young guys going in like their second and third years that that are injured. We're going to do a show on that. Yeah, those are big-time targets. Once the season's over here, as we get in the offseason, this is where we start to talk about, okay, these are the buys. These are the sells. Don't forget about, like you said, don't forget about these young guys. Don't forget about the Brian Edwards who can come back into 2021. Yep. Uh, Don't forget about, you know, Jerry Judy. The guys that have still opportunity to come. Cam Akers falls into that line uh, as well. So, Debo Samuel's back. If you could buy him for the playoff push by any means, buy him up. I'm up. Absolutely. I give a 21 first and a 21 second for Debo Samuel in a second. So some teams that haven't had him are probably on the bottom end, not making the playoffs. Most likely he's a, he was a first round pick not too long ago. If they're not making the playoffs and you can make a package, Hey, I'll give you a first and a second for Debo this time of year when people are just out of it, they sometimes are just looking, they're thinking draft picks, draft picks, draft picks. They're not even thinking right. Knowing that's a bad deal, but I would do that in a second. I love that guy. I love him so much. Uh, Tua might come back. I'm sorry, I'm so emotional. Don't get choked up about it, Rich. Tua's coming back. His thumb, maybe. Yeah, so he's got a thumb injury. <laughs> Are you serious? Are you so seriously much. gonna cry, man? <laughs> no, I'm not gonna really be okay. Come on, you might. So obviously, Brian Fitzpatrick <laughs> this past <laughs> my, week. My eye stuck to guy. Yeah, <laughs> <I can> see <laughs> that. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick started this week. Didn't look bad, but um, Tua obviously they want to get him in there and see what they have for the, for the future. I mean, it's so weird though because I agree. I think I think that's what they want to do in part of their mind, but in the other part, they're like, we could easily make the playoffs. We like, might be able we're right there. We and might have a shot at this thing. Does yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick give us a better shot than Tua does at this point in his career? Obviously, we have high hopes for him in the future, but at this point, like Ryan Fitzpatrick, legitimately might be the better option for them. It, I don't he, know about that. He might be, but he might not. You know, if he has one of those five interception games that he's prone to have. It's possible, but he's chilled out on that the past couple of years. I feel like there hasn't been as many of those blow-up games as there th- once was. Because I think the people who coach him and have control of whether or not he's going to be in the game or not. <laughs> they said, wait, what's the – yeah, no, you're not going this he's game. He's always – you know what I mean? He's always that bridge guy. He's going to be that guy that's going to get replaced. And the second he kind of looks like he's taking a – they, they yank him and get the young guy in there. So that's that's the way that the way that's the way it's going to go for Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think. And that's the way I like it. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. Todd Gurley uh-huh, uh-huh. is hopeful to come back this week after missing last week. Dalvin Cook might miss some time with the ankle injury, but it says it's not as bad as they thought it was going to be. So there's a chance he could play this week. Yeah, there's still a shot, and I guess he actually practiced it on on limited practice yet or today because I put this together yesterday when before the snowstorm and all that stuff. Right. And it sounds like the news has actually improved on him since then a little bit it just sounds like he's generally banged up i mean which running backs this time of year sure. are i mean he's got obviously what was it the shoulder was that what was keeping him out or <sighs> i don't even remember at this point okay. he, he missed the yeah, one game you're right. he had that quote so he's fine he's like what do you mean i'm fine and he's like yeah. you asked derrick henry that question if he's banged up yeah so actually he is gonna play this I, I think he is gonna end up playing i think he's gonna play i think it's more josh jacobs for a little bit more i think he's about. gonna play Wh- which one Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. I think he'll play. But I think the, he's going to play. The question you have to ask yourself is, is he going to be in there as much as he has in the past, or are they going to work in Alexander Madison a little Put bit Madison more? Madison a little bit more. I, w- I would think that since he's so beat up and he 
you know, like this is either wearing basically down here as the season goes along that they're going to start using the backup a little bit more. The hard part is at this point in the year, like he's so good. You, you have to trot him out there no matter what. Even if you're worried that he's only going to get 10 to 12 touches, like you probably don't have two better options well, than Dalvin Cook. I need more right. than that because I have Dalvin Cook in my Scott Fishbowl team, and I'm trying to advance. <laughs> so <laughs> let's shoot for 16 to 20. Trying to make a name for myself in this business. Uh, <laughs> Scott Josh, Fishbowl team. I'm starting to get emotional again. Oh, gosh. Josh Jacobs, like you said, he might miss some time. Which is to make it the Jalen Richard show. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know who's going to be the guy out there. He he missed this past week, so I think it would actually be Booker, who's oh. been playing surprisingly well. Yeah, not bad. Like he's had a couple games where he's actually put but together. He's always some... done that. He's always had a couple games where it's like, oh, can Devonte Booker be the guy? No. Well, yeah. we don't have to worry about that here. We know Josh Jacobs is the guy, but you might be desperate and need to start a guy like Devonte Booker. Jordan Wilkins is banged up. Ouch. But because Jonathan Taylor's probably got to miss this week too because of the COVID protocols. Well, he actually did not have COVID, so he was a close contact of someone. Oh, he was a close contact, so he'll be back this week. So he'll be back this okay. week as long as he. And real quick, Rashard practiced full today. So yeah, so it must have just been a freak thing that he was out. So it probably would be a split between Rashard and Booker. Oh, okay. And then DJ Moore looked like it could have been real bad, like non-contact could have possibly ah, been was Achilles. Turns out it was just his ankle. He's okay. Well, he'll be okay when he comes back after the bye for week 13. And we're going to get Christian McCaffrey back. Right. Which so, is so weird to have a week 13 bye. Very odd. There was no bye weeks this week. No. How did they not schedule that for week 12 instead of week 13? That is so really weird. So weird. What's really weird, too, is like... I wonder if they did that just so they could... If they needed to have a, like a week 12 bye for a team, they could throw it in there. Maybe. Due to like all the... But you, you think stuff. they would have done that. For right. Like the team. For a lot of teams. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Whatever. Their NFL has been real weird about it. Are they the only team on by this week? Them and the the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So so if you've been waiting for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, One more week. And you made the playoffs. He'll be back just in time for your playoffs. And I'm trotting him out there right away. All and, my redraft leagues where I end up with the first pick, thanks for nothing. And and DJ Moore for sure is okay. I, I haven't heard like the, de- the, it's, the definitive. It's not 100% sure that he's going to be back and playing, but it sounds like it's, it's an ankle we're worried about, not – an ACL or an Achilles or something like but that. But he could still miss two or three weeks. It's possible, okay. but they're optimistic he should be back right. week 13. Okay. Garrett, how about a word from our sponsors? Let's go on over to our guys at money. predictionstrike.com. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes just like they were stocks. These silly ass athletes. <laughs> hey, hey, you want are you trying to make money or you're trying to be an ass leak? Athlete. How am I the one that said that? All of the things Rich says, and I'm the one that says athlete. Well, <laughs> listen, if you're not on prediction strike, you're an athlete. That's really what you are. <laughs> so get together over there and you're trying to make money. Debo Samuel and Debo Samuel. I wonder what Debo Samuel's cost on prediction strike is right now. Whatever it is, buy it. Buy it. Too it, low. It's too low. It's just too gonna, low. it's just gonna go up. Right now, with all the Carson Wentz stuff, Jalen Hurts, maybe? Mm. No. Short term. Short term. <laughs> no term. Buy it and flip it. Buy no it and flip term. It. <laughs> sell, no term. Sell next week. <laughs> I wouldn't buy Jalen Hurts for a sandwich. Uh, I'm not a believer either. But <laughs> at predictionstrike.com, that's exactly what you get to do. You get the opportunity to look at all of these NFL players that you like. You get to do all of the things that we talk about in season and off season. Why, why are we all laughing still? I see you, Jared, laughing at me. You're still thinking about athlete, aren't you? Because <laughs> I'm typing athlete in the show sheet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, so you can get started today by visiting predictionstrike.com and sign up with the code Dynasty to get an additional $10 for your first deposit of $20 or more. That is predictionstrike.com code Dynasty. Yeah, don't be an athlete. Get in there and make some cash. So let's look at some outlooks here. Matt, I thought you I thought you said your read was bad. I think mine are getting worse ever since then. That one was bad. Mine was pretty epically bad though as well. You're fine. All right. I have a speech impediment and I could do better than that. I have a reading impediment. Like I, I can talk pretty well. But when you try to read at the same time, yeah, it's doesn't bad. doesn't work. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Well apparently I just make up words. It's all good. Ass I do it. <laughs> ass leaks. We should get letterman jackets what? for all these ass leaks. <laughs> let's talk let's talk about uh another current ass leak. Ass elite. I can't even say it now. You can't even mess up my mess up. Thuffer and Thuckatash. <laughs> what is that dynasty outlook right now of Drew Locke? Uh, this is a guy who's only crossed 20 points in a game twice this season. QB 29 overall on the season. A huge hype name sure. here in uh, the preseason. When they draft Jerry Judy, they got Cortland Sutton. They got uh, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon they signed here. Philip Lindsay. Noah Fan. JJ you know, Hamler. It, it, it's, things look great. What, quarterback 29. Matt, you talked about this earlier in the year about, hey, they kind of he's kind of reverted back to what we hated about what he did in college. Right. No, I saw I saw a lot of the same things, and I think it was like he, he was throwing like 30% or something like that while under pressure, and he was the most pressured quarterback in the entire league. So all these defensive coordinators are seeing the exact same thing that I think we saw pre-draft with, with Drew Locke. So where I, I feel like you, you jumped on board a little bit more so – you're in the bandwagon here for for, for Drew Locke. I, I kind of stayed. Couple games, he looked really good. I stayed very on the outside. Yeah, I did like what like I saw him. towards the end of the year, but I wanted to make sure to see it for like another full year before I kind of bought into this player. And I, I feel like, I, I mean, personally, me, I'm. They gave him all the weapons that he needed to kind of. They gave him enough rope to, to hang himself this year, and I think he kind of has a little bit. So, in, in, in and especially my, in a draft with potentially six first round quarterbacks. Exactly. Uh, you, I mean, John Elway is out there running the show. He knows what quarterbacking is supposed to look like. And I'm sure that he knows better than I, that they need to look for a, another quarterbacks, you know, in next year's draft. Yeah. I'm just as worried as you are. I, I it's, it's a guy I don't have necessarily in any leagues. I've never been a huge believer in him as a player. And I think it was kind of one of those things where, and we all fall into the trap of, putting situation over talent. Mm -hmm. And I think the situation looked really, really good. Right. Lots of young receivers. But the other thing I think that we kind of forgot is these are still all like first and second year players with the exception of Melvin Gordon. These are all really, really young yep. guys. So to assume that they're all going to come in right away and perform, I think is also a little bit of a mistake. So is it the is it necessarily like dead, closed, shut the door? No, he could still rebound. He could still make something of it and give himself enough to get a shot at the beginning of the year next year. But we've seen a trend more so with these GMs now where they have a much shorter leash on these guys. And it seems like the minute they don't think that they're the guy they'll take. I mean, that's, that's what happened in Arizona with, mm -hmm. uh, with Rosen and uh, a lot of different situations. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is kind of in that same boat now. Absolutely. It looks like, so I wouldn't be shocked at all. If that's what ends up happening with Drew Locke. The, the financial the commitment's not there anymore. Like right. they had to pay these guys, $60 million up front, but they used to. Now they don't have to do that anymore. So it's easy for a GM to turn the page if they don't like what they're seeing. On and Drew Locke's a second-round pick, so the value is definitely not Even there monetarily-wise. Yep. For me personally, I'm kind of leaning towards if I'm in a super flex league, I'd be okay with paying a second-round pick for Drew Locke if I can get him. 
like you mentioned, everybody else around him uh, is still really young. I still envision this team giving him a chance in 21. Like okay. I, I still think he's the starter in 2021. I think they look to bolster that defensive up a little bit better for them. They've suffered a ton of injuries. They have a lot of things go wrong there in Denver this week, this year. So for me, I could see them saying, okay, yeah, Drew Lockwood gave him more weapons, but they're young weapons. And it's been a crazy year. You know, losing Vaughn Miller on defense, uh, losing Cortland Sutton before the year even started, who was his right. number one receiver, who he had his best rapport with. His two new starters, you know, Tim Patrick he had last year, who's filled in. He's he's a he's nice well. receiver, but he's like one of those really nice NFL receivers every team would want on their team. Like if you're if you're a Denver Broncos like fan, third guy. you like Tim Patrick a lot, most right. likely. Uh, you know, we have him here in Cleveland. He's Richard Higgins, essentially. Right. And uh, you know, so for me, you know, you bring in his other weapons are a second year tight end who takes usually three years to develop. Two rookie receivers, one of them KJ Hamler, who was used sparingly at Penn State, coming here to try and be a starter here as well. So to me, I think it even be, be fair to Drew Locke at the, him as a GM, I would give him one more year. So to me, it might be somewhat of a buying window to get him back healthy with a guy like Court and Son, who's that big receiver, really good at the jump ball, which can help Drew Locke a little bit more sure. too, and maybe work with him his offseason about being so panicky about seeing the, gl- the grass blow too hard his way. So. For me, I look at Drew Locke. I don't think it's over. The, it, the, the arrow is definitely pointing down at a very sharp angle on this yeah. on this on his stock. But I think young enough, and the weapons around. I, I would still gamble a bit off the weapons around him, and still off the end of his twenty one tape uh, or his nineteen tape, mm-hmm. we looked okay. And there's and he still showed some flashes this year of he could be an actual NFL quarterback. So will he ever be a QB one? No, but if he could be a mid-range QB two, maybe. But at the same time, in Superflex, my counter argument to myself would be, like you mentioned, there's six first-round rookie quarterbacks coming in next year. We have a lot of good young quarterbacks. I mean, just this year alone, I, we have Herbert, Burrow, and Tua. All three guys I would want in any Superflex league. And then that, that go these last couple of years of guys who've been playing really well that are young. I mean, Kyler Murray is my number two overall dynasty uh, quarterback. In Superflex leagues. And we also have a, a lot of quarterbacks that could potentially take jobs that are veterans that might not have a home, like Sam Darnold and Jameis Winston and you know different guys like that. So there is a lot of competition out there for quarterback jobs. You think Jameis would be a starter again? <sighs> I I don't. I don't. I don't either. I don't either. He turns the ball over too much. He, he does. It would have to be a very special, specific situation. I think the only way he becomes a starter again is if he's a backup, that guy gets hurt, and he just lights the world on fire. I he think comes, that's his only path. Comes in and he plays really, pulls the, you know, the Nick Foles or Ryan you know, Tannehill. Tannehill. Yeah. Something on those lines. Yeah. I like, I mean, if he said, he needs to sit for like two years and just learn how to play quarterback without throwing sure. interceptions and without fumbling the ball. And and then he'd be good. But it's a good spot for yeah, him. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Um, moving on here is Zeke Elliott. Still a top five quarterback. Uh, I'm going to say no at quarterback for sure. Maybe okay. running end, back. Perhaps tight end. Who's a better tight end? Ezekiel Elliott or Leonard Fournette? Leonard Fournette. <laughs> Leonard Fournette. Clearly. Clearly. Uh, top five question. running back. So it's it's interesting. Jared and I were talking about this on the way up here on our drive. And right away, he was like, yes, absolutely. And then we actually talked about all the running backs. Yeah, then you started And he was like, no, he, he he is definitely getting on the border. I think it's a I think it's a really interesting question because even when you watch that last game, the commentators were talking about you know how he's lost the explosion that he that he showed early on in his career. Sure, 
And is that a is that a product of the offensive line in front of him just not opening up holes? He's not getting to the second level, so you don't see the explosion, or is it a scheme thing where now he's in a different scheme than he was in in the past, so they're just not using him in the same ways? I no I Dak Prescott, no Dak Prescott. There's a lot going wrong with that offense, so it's hard to just sit sit back and dissect. Like, is it just Zeke, or is it all this other stuff that's going on around him? And that's that's kind of I think the heart of what we need to talk about here. I mean, top five is, I think that's right where he is, like right around there five. I think the craziest thing is, is anybody who's playing fancy or owns Zeke or anything would be like, oh, dude, he's having an awful, awful year. He's running back eight on the year. Right. He's a running back one. Right. He's the top of the bottom third of a running back one. Running back eight, he's a championship caliber running back here. He's, he's better than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's better than Kareem Hunt. Well, he should be better than Kareem Hunt, but I mean – there's not a lot of guys like ahead of him. And some of the guys ahead of him are like somewhat fluky, like Antonio Gibson's ahead of him. Antonio Gibson's running back five on the year, but Antonio Gibson has an outlying number of touchdowns, right? He's has this crazy amount of touchdowns that it's hard to sustain definitely on a team in Washington. So let, let's go through the names real quick. Would you rather have, so Christian McCaffrey, we're easily going to say above him, mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook or Zeke? Mm. I think I'd probably take Dalvin Cook. I would take Dalvin Cook today. Saquon Barkley. I would take Saquon Barkley. Okay, so that's yep. three. This is going to be a tough one. Derrick Henry. I would take Zeke Elliott. Okay. Matt? I mean, obviously for this year, you're not. But uh, I think, yeah, I think Zeke for the for dynasty the dynasty value. Yep. Okay, so we'll say there's still three then. Alvin Kamara. I am somewhat worried that Drew Brees is out of the offense and Alvin Kamara's production has dipped drastically. That's the only, that that's my hesitation as well, but I, I'll still take Kamara ahead of him. I think. Just I would still take Kamara ahead of him too. Okay, so there's four. Okay, so this is where it's going to get real interesting. Then Aaron Jones. Oh Zeke. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs. Zeke. Hmm. Here's why for me. Let me yeah, just tell you why. No, no, it's Zeke. It, it's because Denver keeps or the Raiders keep bringing in these other running yeah. backs. Mm-hmm. They don't throw in the football. It's just yeah, I'm taking Zeke. Not like it's like leaping bounds, but to me, it's Zeke. Okay. Uh, and then after that, I think Nick Chubb would be the only other one that would be in the conversation. So, I think I think okay, for me personally, I think Nick Chubb's in the conversation. I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is in the conversation. For me, personally, Clyde sure. Edwards-Alaire is in the conversation. Derrick Henry. Again, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a team that they bring in. Derrick Henry is in the conversation 100%. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a guy who they bring in Le'Veon Bell. He's a rookie. He's still learning this offense. He's their long-term level and be there next year. He looked really good. Still a running back one, running back number 12 on the year. I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire still kind of like – it's weird. Like he, People are like, he's a 1-1. One, one. People are like, oh, nobody's really like – the hype has died, died down on him. Like – Drastically, it's weird to me, but I think he's in that conversation, and I also think, um, well, oh, I think going forward, starting in twenty twenty one, I think DeAndre Swift could be. In I was going to ask Swift that because be. obviously they cleared out um, Matt Patricia, the coaching staff, the the Bob Quinn, the GM, and now Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator, is running the show there, and he's already talked about upping the tempo of the offense, getting more offensive plays. And, sure. and, and that's only going to lead to more opportunities for a guy like uh, DeAndre Swift. The, the other part of this conversation that we haven't had yet is he is really the oldest running back of all of these guys that yeah. we've talked about. You know, yeah, bef- last year, two years ago, we were talking about Todd Gurley in that same range, talking about Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, a lot of those types of guys, 
all those guys are gone. Are we worried that Zeke is headed for that, or do we think he's different than those guys? I think he's different than those guys, but I think at the same time, it's very easily he's heading that way because we just see it. It's Again, I play Dynasty by going by history, by what I see and what the history of the story of the game yep. is. I've been playing a very long time, so I've seen a lot of things. And the history of these running backs is now it looks like Zeke has begun his downhill trend. Here's one more that I didn't mention that I know you guys are both big fans of, so I want to throw it out there. Austin Eckler. I would take Zeke. Yeah, the, I mean, they're, okay. r- they're roughly the same age. But, okay. and, yeah. but again, like, so I would put Eckler in that group we just talked about. Sure. But here's, here's the problem with Zeke is if you own Zeke, you're looking for top four payback running back money, right? To, to sell what, him. To sell him. Yep. But the problem is, is now Zeke is, and maybe he changes that narrative when Dak comes back next year and offensive line gets healthy, which is very possible. But again, remember, now he's going to be 26 when that happens as right. well. So once you get above the age of 25, the running back value starts to go down very pretty, sharply. Pretty quick, yep. I like to trade my running backs around the age of 26 because right. I get that huge haul for them. So the problem is with the Zeke owners is they're going to overvalue when he's in that tier of top four when most likely all these second-tier guys, all those guys that we just talked about, they're like, okay, maybe where I said Zeke. I said Zeke, but they're all in the same value. So I would much rather pay, you know, so we mentioned six guys there, right? I'd much rather pay running back 11, 12 price, like a guy like Clyde edwards alaire who's running back 12, than the Zeke price, right? Like, sure. Whatever you have to give up for Zeke is going to be drastically more most likely than Clyde edwards alaire or Nick Chubb. Well, Nick Chubb's a pretty hard guy to get sometimes. He's so damn good. I think Nick yes. Chubb is he's one of the most undervalued. Like, he could do so much more. But for me, like I think the Zeke owner, which I get why, if I was a Zeke owner personally – I would be looking to sell because I think everybody's know he's had a bad year. He's still running back eight, but I think the value is still there enough where you can still get like two first round picks and maybe something on top. Or maybe like a, like a Dobbins and a, a late first or, or a late. Yeah. I would do either one of those trades for him. Cause I do think his value is going down. If you can't get that though, I think his value will have a, a slight bump. Early twenty one. Early twenty one. And that's think, when you're looking and, to get. And out. I think that's when I'm looking to get out. Okay. But but when you see that though, when you see trends like this, that the, the players can't overcome, it's kind of like the Alvin Kamara we mentioned. Like, okay, no Drew Brees, there's a slight drop there. That stuff with a running back worries me, and it should worry you too as a dynasty player because if a player can't pick himself up or transcend that, then there's a lot to worry about because there's reasons because of that. The running back shelf life is just too short. It's just too short. You have the hashtag two, three year window. It's too short to be worrying about it when you go out there and draft a guy, you know, down the road. If I could trade Zeke for DeAndre Swift in a first round pick, I would do that all day because I have the upside in the youth of DeAndre Swift. And now I have another guy to come in here and plug in a deep draft class. There's the, always a guy that slides. You know what I mean? Sure. DeAndre Swift was the guy this year that that he was an all world talent that went to a crappy situation. Lo and behold, halfway through, the, not even you know, not even full way through the season, a little bit more than halfway through the season, that situation has completely changed. changed. Yep. And and so trading a guy, trading a guy like Zeke for one of these younger guys and a first round draft pick is the way to stay on top. Now and, the and one thing I will you say, ha- yeah. you have to you. Uh, uh, Go ahead. You're good. You're good. You have to make that move, yeah. like Matt said. If you yes. play dynasty, you have to. And it's not just Zeke. You got to entertain ideas about Kamara about this as well. And it's not just this. This isn't just because this week. I say this for years on this right. podcast. The running back will always be the most fluid position on my roster because you get the biggest bang for your buck in return besides your young receiver. It's the easiest player to replace on your roster. Hands down, down, bar none. And if you think I'm wrong, look at where we're at this year in 2020, right? 
Zeke Elliott's running back eight. Wonder who running back four and five are? James Robinson and Antonio Gibson. James, Antonio Gibson was a second-round pick. James Robinson wasn't even drafted in your rookie picks. Number running back 10 on the year is Ronald Jones was left for dead. Turd Ferguson himself who can't catch a cold and during COVID era, right? This is a guy who, who – so look at running back ones. Ronald Jones, Mike Davis, Antonio Gibson, James Robinson. If you're holding on these running backs for like they're, they're just dynasty gold, that is not the case. They're replaceable. You could go out there and get James Robinson early in the year. You could get you could take Zeke Elliott right now and flip him for another young running back, like you said, J.K. Dobbins plus DeAndre Swift plus. You take that all day because odds are these guys are going to have a year or two of running back one numbers because it's so fluid in that position. Odds are of J.K. Dobbins being a run running back one next year are pretty high. The odds of DeAndre Swift being a running back one next year are pretty high. And if you just compare him to a guy like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's in a much better offense, who has 152.6 points, averaging 13.9 on a year, right? We can expect that, hopefully, from Swift or Dobbins. Zeke, 169 points. So he's got 30, or that's not even it, uh, 169 points. So he's literally got, what, 15, 17 Seven, more points? 17 more points, yep. So about 1.5 more points per game. That's not a difference maker between you going to the playoffs and not going to playoffs or winning championship, not making a win a championship. But the price tag is drastically different Burn on those players. And churn. And actually, I think I think it's actually even closer than you said, because I think you might be on standard. Because I have Clyde Rhodes Alaire at 10 at 14.8 points per game. No, I'm on fantasy pros weeks one through twelve. PPR. Oh, I have weeks one through eleven. 11. There you yep. go. Okay. So I'll let you get your point for a minute, but yeah, you're good. It's a reason I hammer this point on this show year after year. It's a reason I don't use it enough that the show kind of based off of the hashtag two to three year window. I want to make sure it's on it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a theory that I believe in dynasty that works and it works consistently. I do it all my leagues, Matt, in our 17 year old league. How yep. often do I flip those running backs? For Constantly. That's how you stay guys? on top. Yeah. It's, that's how you do it. And my team's consistently on top. Mm-hmm. It's because. I get these running backs, and then guess what? I draft one, or I do the move where I trade for a younger guy who ends up being good, and then I, I use him for two years, and I flip him. Joe Mixon, he, he was hurt this year. Once Joe Mixon is good again, he's off my team. Yep. That's it. He's gone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Saquon Barkley, when he comes back, I'll use him for two more years, and then I'll flip him for a haul. I do it with my all-time love, LaDainian Tomlinson. I do with every, you know, it just. You held it, on to him a little bit longer, though. He's an outlier, though. <laughs> he was an outlier. He's an outlier. Now, the one thing I will say that's different about Kamara and Zeke and some of these guys versus Gurley and Gordon and those is these guys actually still have contracts that are paid beyond, you know, their, their, their first contract where Gurley only got his first contract. Sure. Yep. Melvin Gordon only got his first contract. David Johnson sort of got a second contract in there, but he just kind of, you know, RIP. Right. So yeah, those are that four. is, that is the one thing that I'll say is slightly different than those guys, even though I was the one that brought up that point, it's just something to keep in the back of your mind. They have a tiny bit more security than the RBs of, of old, but I think that's only gives you more value to be able to sell them. I'll say fake news because one use that no, as it's, argu- it's real. No, no, you do have argument, contracts, but they do, <laughs> no, they do have contracts and use that as leverage, right? Right. That's but what that I would gar- do. That guaranteed money. Is gonna be like it's they're most almost all those are like two year contracts, right? Right. So it's like this year, it's funny money at the back, the back end. Exactly. Yep. It's like by the time you get your usage out of them, or the other team gets their usage out of, out of them, your younger player, like the contract I want is Clyde Edwards-Alaire contract, right? A five year contract that's on a rookie salary that there's no reason to get rid of the guy right. at all, right? So it's kind of like I use that as leverage, like hey, dude, yep. 
Zeke just signed his contract. Uh, he's there. He's got four years. It's not really four, you know, or five years. And he's he's having a bad year, but he's still running back eight. It's like, okay, well, I'll pay a running back eight price. Why do I know you got to pay a running back top four first round startup price? It's like, no, I'm not paying that price. You know what I mean? Like, I, right. I am sell, so I am selling Zeke. Um, and it's just because it's not just, I want to make the, the point here, though, is like, I'm not selling Zeke because he's having a bad year. It's just, this is the time you sell Zeke. Right. This is about the time you sell Avon Kamara. You sell, you know, it's, oh, get, it's getting contract. there. Yeah. It, it, they're, they're, into the, they're into their second contract. Year. Yeah. They're into their second contracts and it's, it's, it's just time at the running back position it, to start moving on from these players. If you want to stay on top, if you want to go down with the ship, go down with the ship. No problem with that either. I mean, I, I don't condone that. That's not like the way you're going to stay on top and, and be tops of your league for, you know, an extended period of time. But if you love the, if you love whatever player, you know, don't trade him. I guess, no, it's dynasty fantasy right. football, guys. We're not playing redraft here. I know the running back's the hot thing to do, but again, it's too easy to move in dynasty, and it's the biggest bang you get. Right now, like right. I said, if you have Zeke and you're out of the playoffs because he didn't have that great of a year, you can flip him to the playoff team for a decent return. Like sure. I, I've had a guy in my high stakes league trying to sell me Zeke forever, and he wants Dallas Goddard, he wants Kareem Hunt, and he wants like a first-round pick and a second-round pick. And I keep telling him no. I'm like, listen, I would rather start Kareem Hunt pretty much over Zeke. Zeke at this like, point. They're on the same page. So you're asking for a cream hunt and Zeke, and they're almost the same player. So why am I giving you my 21 first and Dallas, Dallas Goddard? Goddard. Yeah. Like who I, and I need Dallas Goddard to win. You know what I mean? Like I have He's George Kittle good in that league. Well, I have George Kittle in that league and Dallas Goddard's my number two. It's like, I'm shooting myself in the foot for equal production. For, like For one point different per game. For one point yep. difference per game. And that's, and that's a problem. Like he wants all this back for Zeke. And it's like, but now once you ask for Kareem Hunt, it wipes out the whole trade for me because you're literally asking me to swap players here, but then give you two buttloads on top. Now, if I would say that, I would look at that deal from the outside going in. I'm like, wow, dude, you got a good haul. You got Kareem Hunt, Dallas Goddard, and a first. You bent him over because you got because you just got you got Kareem Hunt and Zeke who are pretty close when it comes to fantasy production. And honestly, Kareem Hunt's taking a dip somewhat because going into like week nine, ten, like he was running back seven on the year. Right which is right ahead of where Zeke is now. They're almost and, and the same player. And we're looking at Zeke's season-long numbers. If we did weeks six or seven through Ooh. now... When he's getting 2.5 points Yeah, much, much lower output mm -hmm. than, than we're getting out of him right now. So I, 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 I glad, I'm just glad this came up as a topic because we, we hammer about every three or four weeks mm -hmm. about this, about running backs, running backs, running backs, fluidity, fluidity, fluidity. Anytime, like if, again, if I could flip Zeke Elliott right now for Justin Jefferson... Which is crazy in a startup. Like I'd be, I wouldn't be terrible with that. You know what I mean? Um, but that's a lot about running backs. Let's move on here. Uh, Eagles offense. Garrett, how many pieces are we looking here like, it, that you feel are salvageable? Because Carson Wentz looks just completely broken. It looks, it looks really bad for Carson Wentz right now. I mean, he's, he's doing. Yeah, because early in the year he had to be everything because there wasn't anything else. Right. Everyone was hurt. And I just don't think he can get out of that mentality. And I think he still thinks that he has to make that big play so he's holding the ball too long. Or he has to be able to rifle it in there to that guy so he throws it a, a second too late or too earlier. He 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 does. He looks bad right now. And he showed some of that, what you're saying, too, at the end of that game where like where uh, it was like third and long. He sprinted and got it. He didn't slide. He even went shoulders first. Like, I was like, oh, man, he's like... He's trying he's extra trying. hard here. And so, I mean, I respect it. I respect the effort. I expect, or I respect what he's trying to do, but it, it's, you, you got to be a little calmer. You got to be a little more collected. So it's really bad for this year. That said, I'm not convinced that he's done, done. Like 
everything that could go wrong has gone wrong for Philly this year. It reminds me a little bit of, of Jared Goff last year where, you know, the sky was kind of falling. Everybody was like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? And Jared Goff came back this year, and it's been just fine. And mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the case. Do I think the ceiling has come down a little bit as to what we hoped he could potentially be? Yes, but as, I'm not buying him if I'm a contender because I don't want to touch him this year. I, I don't want to get within 50 feet of him this year. But in the offseason, or if I'm not a contender and I have a chance to buy him right now for Derek Carr or something something along those lines, I might be interested. I mean, I agree. I, agree. I like Carson Wentz. I, th- I, th- I do think that they can turn around this offense. They have to get healthy. They have to get their offensive line back. They have to get some wide receivers acclimated to their system. Yep. And, and you know, obviously Dallas Goddard is a nice long-term piece. Love Dallas Goddard. They're going to move on from Ertz. You know what I mean? They're going to move on from all the old wide receivers that they yep. have. So it's going to be Jeffrey's the gone, Deshaun, yep. exactly. All those guys. Exactly. So it's it's going to be this younger group of wide receivers. Jalen Rhaegar is probably going to be the crown jewel of it. Sure. And and we still be, invested in Sanders, right? Yeah, Miles Sanders. They'll draft a receiver. They'll draft a receiver. Yeah. They'll draft a wide receiver again. I, I, would, I would think. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But Miles Sanders, I think, will be fine long term. He's he's a talented guy. He's just in a crappy situation, same as Carson Wentz. He's a talented guy. The, the situation this year in Philly is just terrible. It's, it's it's as bad as it can get for a football team at this point. Nothing is working. Everyone's yep. trying too hard. Everyone's trying to do everyone else's job a little bit here and there, and no one's just doing their own thing. If and, if you can sell Fulgham for anything, you're doing it, right? Oh, yeah, for Absolutely. anything. Absolutely. Any, like, literally anything. Okay. Even Greg Ward, I would take whatever, you know, whatever I can get, because I think either they go via free agency, bring in a guy like, Oh, Will Fuller, mm-hmm. um, offset regular. I don't think those two complement each other too well. Yeah, I'd rather but, a different um, style of player. I, I, I look at them draft another guy Mike as Williams. well. Mike Williams would be a Never great know. addition yeah. to that football team. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm with Matt in the snowball effect. Sometimes you see this where a team just, they get in this rut, it's injuries, things are going wrong. The quarterback's flustered, trying to do too much, so he's throwing, he's throwing I mean, the triple coverage instead of the open guy. I, I think the the Giants, the same division, are are doing a little Daniel bit Jones. of the same. Yeah, Daniel Jones is doing a little bit of the same thing here in New York as Carson Wentz is there in, in Philly. It's, and it's more pressure because even the yep. teams are going bad. It's not like, okay, sometimes when you'll see teams when you know, they're out of playoffs, everything's over. It's like they actually play a little bit better because there's no pressure on them whatsoever. But now that division's so bad. They're all still They're, the they're, they're game out of the playoff hunt. At like three and nine, right. you know what I mean? It's like it's crazy. So there's still some pressure there. It's Philly. The fan base is rabid. For sure. the, the, the owner's not even showing up for a game in Cleveland. Like, what the heck is going? on? like that's how much, that's how distraught he was about the whole situation. Yeah. So because he knew I, how good the Browns were. Yes, I, he knew they were going to get pounded. There's a lot of concern there in Superflex. <laughs> I think it was two. Yeah, I'm not. I I feel the same way about him as I do Daniel Jones. You're right. Like. I'm not out completely, but let's go ahead and reset in 21. Sure. Yep. It's been a crazy year, and let's see where he goes. Because if he starts off the same way, then he's done. He's broken. He's yep. mentally broken. And sometimes that happens with quarterbacks. They literally get yep. mentally broken, and they never recover. Tim Couch, that happened to Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Or, or David, David Carr. David Carr. Yeah. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. The talent's there. It's just you get mentally broken down by I think even RG3 everything. that happened to a little bit. I know there was the knee as well, but yeah, but yeah I think he RG3 just looks, happened to. Man. Like a shell of himself. A bit today. I, yeah. I mean, I, I had the, you know I was working from home, um, so I had the game on, but I was behind. You know, I lost my power yesterday, yeah. so I was behind in work. I just kept glancing up and just seeing RG three do RG three things, like no pressure, no diamonds. <laughs> just, just awful. I don't know. Then I, I, I watched him run and pull up lame on his on his left hamstring. So, so that's it for the show. Yep. Uh, we'll be back 
next week, the start of fantasy, Dynasty Fantasy World Playoffs. If you're new to the show, uh, we're going to do a little bit more talk throughout the weeks, and then we're going to start getting some a little bit more evergreen show. We're going to do a rookie redraft show. Right. The offseason, the dynasty, the real Dynasty season is upon us. It's it's like weeks 1 through 15 is kind of like, okay, let's, let's manage the season, and then the real Dynasty work and the talk begins the real I mean, the real fun starts it, it really does like the in season's kind of like okay this is what we have to do and it's like the off season happens that's where the work comes in that's where that's where we actually hit our stride this is where we dominate it's, it's where we it's, build our teams from the ground absolutely. up man it, there and there's a lot of work there's always a lot of work to do tons of us to do and we're going to be here every even more so this year yeah and i mean and if you're new, I mean, what do you hear a rookie content? I would put our rookie content against anybody in the business, our accuracy, our breakdowns, everything. Uh, I'm excited for another offseason to build, help build uh, offseason dynasties as well. In the meantime, if you want, you remember, the, the season's not over. It's just beginning for yep. people that are out of it, the people are in the playoffs, and we're here to help at DynastyNerds.com. Obviously, you're watching the, the, the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and like the YouTube channel. Hit that notification button as well because we're going to start putting out in this offseason way more content, Dynasty-related, that aren't just exclusive to the, the podcast. So we're going to have right. the podcast, which will always be on YouTube now, so you can go find us now. We're going to be working to get it out actually the day of the podcast that drops. So they're both dropping simultaneously, but we'll also be having YouTube con content on their top tens, buy lows, things like that as well. So make sure you get dice And of course, subscribe to the nerd herd, get that Absolutely. bonus podcast. I mean, if you want to get all our rookie content, we, we do it. I mean, we're kind of like uh, cheap that way where we do half for free and half for uh, paid for the nerd money. And there's a reason it's because we put a tremendous amount of time. We put just, we put, we literally can put any more time in our rookie content. It's why we've been so good at it over the years. The amount of time we put into it. Yep. It's all about the nerd herd. for the price of a cup of coffee. You get all our rankings, you get the bonus podcast. And more importantly here too, I want to emphasize is the film room. Okay. Mm. The film room gets you prepared for these rookies. There's the college football season has been crazy. Jared, how much film do we have in the film room just on a 21 class as of today? Um, I put a tweet out, what was that, Sunday, I think, and it was like four tweets long with how many different film uh, that we uploaded. Updates, yeah. Yeah, nice. updates, videos that we uploaded. It, so, I mean, there's we some of these players have like 11 videos now. Between the 19 and... we have 2019 and 2020. So Guys like ETN... Najee yeah, uh, yeah, Harris, yeah, Chuba, Chuba oh, Hubbard, yeah, Chuba. probably has a bunch in there. And we help you. We always say this too. Like we help you. We give you our analysis, which is accurate, but about seventy percent, which is pretty which damn is good. Great. Yeah. You know, but use your own eyes well at the film room, the Dynasty Nerds film room. It's a you can watch entire players' game in five minutes. So you got a bathroom break, a lunch break, or something. Like that. You're just waiting for something. You watch it. You watch. Hey, here I'm gonna watch a game of Travis Etienne here. Travis E10 here, and then you build your own analysis as well. Your eyes will always it's the help same, It's the same games we're watching, so you'll hear us talk about, okay, in the game against Auburn, okay, in the game against, you know, right. you're literally watching the same thing that we are. And then, of course, you got to get the Dynasty GM. It, it, I can't emphasize this enough, guys, gals. If you haven't tried the Dynasty GM, you got to try it today. It's got the trade calculator. It's got the league analyzer. So if you want to see exactly where you stand in your league, it's going to tell you where exactly where you stand, where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are, and more importantly, what the rest of the league's strengths and weaknesses are. So when you're ready to make that yep. trade, you know exactly where to attack. We have the player cards now that are updated, so you, you click on that player. You can see where that player is in every single league. There are so many tools and interactions 
interaction, interactive things to do in the Dynasty GM right now, it's mind blowing where it's gone in three months. And it's for it's free to try. So if you still have not tried it, go to dynastyrunners.com, sign up, just try it. Yep. It, it. I'm not even just try it. For the price of a cup of coffee, this will help you become the best dynasty player we could possibly be. Because again, these tools, these podcasts, these tools are here for a reason because this is not redraft, right? If you do it right, it's a it become a dynasty. We're talking about and you got to remember, most people play their leagues for money, right? right? Right. So where you might not come away a winner every single time, with the help of the Dynasty Nerds podcast and Dynasty GM and the DynastyNerds.com, you're going to be a contender in making those playoffs year in and year out. And you might not be coming away with the ship every year because you do need a little bit of luck on your side, no matter sure. how strong your team is, but you're probably coming in third, second place routinely, and you're still making it a profitable team. And mm-hmm. what we're here to do is help make sure that Dynasty sustains itself. Long-term success. And when you do have to blow it up, when it comes that time, you're ready to dominate that rookie draft. I mean, Matt, you just blew up your team in our 17-year-old league. And it's dominated with young talent. Guys like CeeDee Lamb, Justin, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, DeAndre Swift. Uh, what's your other receiver? Uh, Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman Jr. I mean, Brandon Ayuk. All in one draft. In three years, your receiving team is going to look like one of the like. How do you end up with like? How do you end up with a receipt? Like, you'll tweet out your team. You'll be like, dude, how do you end up with a team yep. so good? And you're like, enjoy that four team league. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's that's how that's how those teams emerge. Making it's by moves. dominate your yep. rookie draft and making the right moves at the right time. Yep. We're helping you do that. Make sure you get to it. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give us a rating review on the podcast if you enjoy it. Um, and that's it. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, everybody that's listening is making the playoffs. And of course, I'm sure you know half of you are not making the playoffs. But that's okay because we're just now getting ready into 2021. Even when we're losing, we're winning. We're winning. See you next week. Adios.